are doing something quite different today. Uh, somebody randomly said this morning, I've heard a number of pastors say that they're going to preach on angels and that it never happens. Well, we're breaking new ground because today Gary's going to preach on angels. Woof. Yeah. Pray for me because I might just get flung away somewhere, right? Uh, if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 13. I want to start by saying angels are a very, very real part of God's created order. We're going to spend two weeks on this uh, today, talking about the ministry and the work of heavenly angels. And next week, we'll just delve a little bit deeper. We want to check out what the Bible says. There's uh, a lot about angels in all sorts of medium, uh, particularly in movies, even miniseries. But we want to check out the Bible to find out the truth and a little more about them. Maybe you'll learn nothing that's new to you today and it will just encourage your heart that these things are real. And for some, you might go away thinking, well, hadn't actually thought of angels in that way before. And that's really cool. And be very encouraged. I believe in the existence of angels. The question to you is, do you believe that they exist? I believe they exist because the Bible says that they are real. At times in my life, I've sensed the presence of angels around me. Did you know that angels are mentioned either directly or indirectly nearly 300 times in the Old and the New Testament? The word angel appears 201 times and the plural angels appear 94 times. I believe with all of my heart that millions of angels are at God's command and at our service. The host of heaven stand at attention, ready to do God's will at any moment of any hour, 24-7. They don't take sick days or holidays. They never age and they're always ready. They're available at on call all the time to carry out God's plans. These angels of God are here to help us and they are prepared for anything. And Satan has no firepower that can match the heavy artillery of God. Say that right up front. The Bible teaches us that God created angels. So at one time, no angels existed. There was nothing but the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then as Colossians 1 and 16 tell us, by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, and, someone read that? Invisible. Angels are indeed among the invisible things God made. All things were created by him, 
and for him. And the Bible tells us that angels have the ability to change their appearance and to travel instantly, only to be in one place at one time, but back and forth between the glory of heaven above and the earth below. And Hebrews 1.14 calls angels ministering spirits. They don't possess physical bodies, although they may take on the form of a physical body when God appoints them to special task. Remember, the shepherds saw them. They saw angels in the sky. There's many instances of sightings on the ground and interactions in the Bible. God has given them no ability to reproduce and they neither marry nor are given in marriage. We can say right at the start, angels are not around to guide us. I'll clarify that a little later today. In Hebrews 13, and this is our keynote for today, Hebrews 13 and verse 1, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing some people may have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. There it is right there. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I do not know what's happening around us all of the time. I do not know. I don't have that capacity. I testify to some unreal things that have happened during my lifetime. There are so many things that are unexplained that I can't explain except I insert what the Bible has taught me. So this topic over the next two weeks is here to teach us about angels. I believe they exist. I believe they have a ministry in serving God and I even believe that angels are around us on this earth more than we think. Our scripture passage confirms that truth, that quite regularly our interaction with them is unexpected, not predicted. So I want to consider the heavenly angels, great place to start a series on angels because I want to preempt that by saying there are heavenly angels and there are fallen angels no longer with any access to heaven. The ministry of angels, well, what do they do? I believe they're set apart for special service. You could call them holy angels. During our recent series, we talked about holiness and the fact that being holy as he is holy means that we are set apart. Christians are set apart for special service. Amen? Our holiness or our sanctification, the process of us being holy, is a, the fact that we are called out of darkness and into light and we are separated from the world, becoming holy, holy as we are, 
for the special purpose of glorifying God. Amen? Angels, therefore, are holy and separated for special ministry purpose. They have a special purpose. Here's their number one purpose, to worship God. The Bible is full of word pictures showing us the heavenly angels worship God. In fact, I believe their primary ministry seems to be that of worship and praise of God. And we'll get to the practical ministry of angels in a moment, but number one is definitely worship and praise. Isaiah sees a vision of the Lord on his throne, high and exalted in Isaiah chapter 6. Around God were winged angels who were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. One of those angels touches Isaiah's mouth with a burning coal and Isaiah begins his ministry to profess and preach the prophetic truth to his people, the people of Israel at the time. And in the book of Revelation chapter 4, we find four living creatures and this is one of a prophecy from an angel. It explains the time is getting closer for Jesus to return to the earth for the second coming. Around the throne of God were four living creatures, each of them having six wings. Their duty is constantly to sing out praise to the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. We sang that this morning, who was and who is and who is to come in Revelation 4.8. So it's pretty clear, angels sing praises to God. They bow down to him, they obey him, they worship him. There's no doubt that angels recognise God's sovereignty. They know who he is and they know to whom their worship is given. They know God and they worship God. And there is a practical ministry of angels, this special purpose given to them to do here on earth. It seems that God has faith in the angels to do this very important work. He created them for this express purpose. And at least we know that the Lord has faith in these angels because God wants his people to know that he cares. So he sometimes sends angels to tell us that he cares. They bring us his message. And we know that both in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word used for angel means messenger, evangel or evangelism. The message of God means gospel, message of salvation. And this, of course, comes from the same root word as angel, the euangelion, the message of salvation through Christ, the truth that Jesus was and is and ever will be the truth and purpose that when Jesus came to the earth, he came for the express purpose to show us how to live. He went to the cross where the Bible teaches us that sin pays off with death. There had to be a death. Death separates us from God. Sin stops us from having communion or fellowship or relationship with God. And so Jesus came that he might die 
pay that sin penalty, actual death, and then come alive again. What we learn from baptism, once dead, now alive, new life, new life. And the angels tell of the coming of the Saviour, do they not? It's an announcement of the glory of God coming to earth and being just as it was planned. In the New Testament, we're introduced to the messenger angel, Gabriel. Pretty early with this news, the coming of the birth of the special children. And remember that Gabriel brought good news to the priest Zacharias that he would have a prophet's son. And then Gabriel also told Mary that she would bear the son of the Most High, Jesus himself. And an angel informed the shepherds about the birth of Christ. A multitude of angels praised Jesus' arrival, the coming of the Saviour. In each of these cases, the angel let it be known that they, now interesting kind of fact right there, they... So angels don't seem to have gender. When the Bible teaches us about how God creates man and woman, it's very, very clear that there is gender. With angels, there's no need for gender. And they were sent from God. And Zacharias, Mary, the shepherds, they all knew for certain that they were communicating with angels, that they had a message that was given to them, and it's written down. Not everyone, however, when they're speaking with an angel, knows what's happening. Remember in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. It's a challenge to me. Since God's using angels to bring messages to people on earth, there's a good reason for us to consider how we treat strangers all of the time, that we shouldn't selectively just brush some people off. We might miss something. I have my own story of a potential angel experience, and I don't know for sure if this or many other interactions I've experienced in my life are with angels or not. I just know they were impacting spiritually in a way that many other interactions generally aren't. I've never knowingly interacted with an angel. I want to say that directly. But I've got so many stories of how it is just more than possible that there have been angelic interactions. One time, a man comes into my life for a few minutes. I've often wondered, several of my friends and I decided that we'd head into Brisbane, uh, catch a movie. I was pretty young, 15 to 17 from memory, and I'm the last one in line getting a ticket for the movie. When I go outside, my friends are speaking to a man. He's a complete stranger, about 60 years old. 
When I joined the group standing there just outside the theatre, the man's attention turned very prominently and directly towards me. And he says out of the blue, now my boys, this one, this one here has something special. And I remember I just kind of smiled. The other guys looked at me and we said, we've got to go. The movie's starting in a few minutes and we left. And that was it. And all I want to say is that was a strange experience that stays in my mind even today. What could the phrase something special mean? And who was this dude to say what he did? And I know that's kind of 40 years ago. Now jump back into my mind. And another situation came to mind to preempt this. Some of you may know Bill Newman, evangelist preacher, good old Bretho dude. Became a friend, but at this stage, for me telling this story, uh, totally new to me, known only by reputation. So I'm in Dolby during an evangelism week we're hosting. I go out to basically pray for the night and to specifically pray for Bill. That's a good thing if you're hosting something to go and pray for the speaker, right? And Bill got beside me and asked if he could pray for me. He didn't know me at the time, but as he prayed, he asked God to bless my ministry and mentioned that God would use me in some particular way. He specifically said that I would preach the gospel to thousands of people and that his heavenly angel would protect me. It was like a prophecy from Bill. The good old Bretho guy that wouldn't normally speak prophecy. He said he believed the Lord had set me apart for significant pastoral ministry and his angel would protect me. I'm going to pause right here because I am not sharing this stuff to feel good or big note myself. Jesus didn't big note himself and yet he told the truth. And when he said that he and the Father was one, there was the truth and it was real and it needed to be said pretty big note type of claim from Jesus don't you think but true nonetheless and uh, may it never be the truth departs from this pulpit so I've got nothing to boast about and I clearly know that that's never going to work here or anywhere else but it's good to tell the truth of your story yeah and so I think my personal story is relevant those are just a couple of mine, and I'll share a few more as we go. But I'm certain from Scripture that God uses angels to get messages to us and also will use us as his messages for others. And it's not scary. It's just truth in biblical understanding. This stuff happens every day. I was on my way up to a camp after a boys brigade one Friday night. It was misty and kind of raining, annoying, not heavy rain, just annoying, sprinkly rain. I headed up the Landsborough section of the Blackall Range, Glasshouse Mountains country, for those who know it. 
I went around a bend, lost traction, and ended up off the side of the road and, long story short, perched on a rock. And look, at this point, some in the room will say, well, lucky you. <laughs> I was travelling as fast as the car was going. My, back in the day, six-inch wide tyres on a little Datsun 1600 let go like slicks. I just deposited myself over the edge. You see, when I went to step out of the car, there was nothing under me. I finished up crawling out of the uh, driver's side window onto the bonnet and onto the road. And I looked over and it was a drop. Who knows? Coincidental? Might have just been lucky? I don't believe it. All right? Because the rate that the car slid and then suddenly stopped. Something stopped that car from going over the edge. And if you know the Blackall Range, it's, you know, it's not the highest mountain range in Queensland, but that drop is enough to kill you. <laughs> but God had a purpose. So he, I just didn't die that day. Why did I slide? I don't know. But when I did slide, I was protected. So they have a job to protect and to serve God's wishes. There are lots of them. So many. It's not even known how many. Revelation 5.11 says 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Well, 10,000 times 10,000 is a billion. So with that description, we can probably figure that there are several billion. And Jesus said he could have asked for 12 legion of angels. So in a single moment, a legion 6,000, uh, 72,000 angels could have appeared to save Jesus if that was God's plan. I'm sure the angels were there, but they weren't deposited for rescue. They were there for encouragement. True? The Greek word translated angels simply means messengers and angels are created beings and were created before the creation of the world for this special purpose. Now I want to do a little CV, run through this pretty quickly. I'll have the notes for anybody who wants them later. But here's what angels are and do. They are spirits. Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve. They're subject to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1. He became much superior to the angels. They have powers of discernment and wisdom. In 2 Samuel 14, For my Lord the King is like an angel of God in discerning good and evil. My Lord has wisdom like that of an angel of God, a comparison of a good king with angels. They were created holy for that special purpose that we've spoken of. 
They have a high level of wisdom, not much, uh, but much lower than God. And they can have an awesome appearance. Several times when an angel appears, the first words were fear not. True? From the angel. Hey, don't be afraid. It's okay. I'm a, I've got a message from God. Don't be afraid. They're assigned to individuals. In Matthew 18, do not despise one of these little ones. I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. And they are generally invisible, but can become visible and even eat food. You really don't want to get offside or opposed to angels. Best to be good friends with them, yeah? They're on God's side all of the time. And they are super strong. One killed 185,000 Assyrians. The angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in their Assyrian camp. And one slew 70,000 Israelites. And they never die. Angels never die. They can no longer die for they are like the angels in Luke 20. I do know that angels have a ministry function here on earth and that they do this function to glorify God. And I've mentioned before, but here I've said the really big one was that they glorify God. Well, they also encourage us. Was that man outside the cinema a messenger from God? I can't say categorically yes or, or no. Was he sent to encourage me? Well, it seems so, be he human or angelic. I don't know for sure. But here's the question for the room today. Uh, what do you think? Is it even possible? All right? There's the question. Is it even possible? And uh, if I answer that personally, I'm going to go, yeah, absolutely. Because my understanding of the biblical narrative says, yes, that can happen. Uh, whether human or angelic in that instance, in my mind, I walk away and go, irrelevant, the encouragement was there. Thank you, Lord. Here's the biblical example in Acts 27. We know that an angel of God went to the Apostle Paul during a storm encouraging him with the message that though the ship would be lost, none of the men on the ship would lose their lives. Now, I'm not the apostle or even an apostle, but is it beyond our God who loves me to send an angel pretty early in my life to encourage me? And it was around about that time that I set myself on course to go to Bible college. And I applied when I was 19 and told, go away and grow up, dude. Uh, so I did, and I went back when I was 28 and started college in my early 30s. 
all the way along, it never left me that God has encouraged me for pastoral ministry. <laughs> never left me. It was always there. It had been sown into my spirit. I'm pretty glad that I treated that man with respect. At the very least, I was nice in that very brief conversation. I didn't laugh at him. I'll probably never know here on earth, but I do know that I was impacted and it meant something. Here's the fourth thing. Angels deliver and protect. This is another ministry of angels to deliver and protect God's people. A good example of angels delivering the apostles from jail on several occasions. When all of the apostles had been thrown into jail for preaching the gospel just after the Holy Spirit had come, an angel opened the gates of the prison, letting them out. Is that what the Bible says or not? It doesn't say, you know, I appointed a guard to open the gate. It says angels opened the gate. So they were at work in serving the purpose of God right there. The Bible tells us in Acts 12, prayer for him was being made fervently by the church. And this is after an angel released Peter. Herod the king seized the apostle Peter, had him thrown into prison. The church began to pray for Peter. That's pretty cool. Good for the church to pray for people, right? Particularly if they've been preaching the gospel and put into prison. The people are praying together for one another. And God got to work on his plan, unknown to Peter. It's night and Peter was asleep. Uh, right there in verse 7, it actually happened. It's in the Bible. An angel struck him in the side saying, get up quickly, gird yourself and put on your sandals. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. We're getting out of jail. They said to her, um, he's gotten out of prison. And he goes to the house where the church is praying. He knocks on the door. And there's a young girl recognised that it was Peter. And you know the story, some of you. Rather than letting him in, she goes to tell the others. And in verse 15 up there, they say to her, this is the church that's praying for Peter to be released from jail. They say to her, you're out of your mind. He isn't at the door, he's in prison. We're praying for him. <laughs> We're praying for his release. How could he be at the door? And they couldn't believe that he was now knocking on their door. How did it happen? God sent an angel. True or not? We either believe it or we don't. Do angels exist? I say, yeah. Do they serve God? I say, yeah. Did it only happen historically? I say, no. God hasn't finished with the purposeful work of angels and so it's either God's clocked off or angels are still doing their thing 
guarding and protecting us. He uses angels to protect us by guarding us to deliver and guard. And such a big one, this one right here. The Holy Spirit guides us, but a ministry of angels is to guard us. Distinction right there. In Psalm 91, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They minister. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation, to serve? And a couple of distinctions in summary as I close. I love this. Have a look at that one. Angels minister for us. The Holy Spirit ministers in us. Angels guard our bodies and our path. The Holy Spirit guards our spirit. Guides us in choosing the right way. And while we are following, angels guard. The spirit guides, angels guard. They are deposited to protect us in this world where we need protection. So when we say, Holy Spirit, guard us, what we're actually saying biblically, if we do the analysis, is Holy Spirit, we surrender to the work of your angels and we thank you and praise you that you've sent your angels to protect. True or not? Because A and B equals C. Angels may be agents of God to answer prayer, but the Holy Spirit is the helper and intercedes their prayers. It is true that angels are amongst us. I don't know that we just need to open our eyes. We need to open our spirit and our heart to how God fulfills his promise to protect us. Are you excited about that? Does any of that make sense? What an encouragement. We don't talk about it very often, but the reality is that God fulfills his promises and uh, you can't just go, oh, I need to logically understand everything about my life because a lot of your thinking, if you track back over the last 24 hours, wasn't very logical, right? <laughs> but truth... Truth is eternal. And so whenever we're trying to work out what's going on in this world, we need to get the Bible open. And what's going on in this world is that God has claimed his church. He sent Jesus to die for sinners. 
And when a single sinner acknowledges the holiness, the righteousness, the sovereignty of God and says, I am a sinner, I need you, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. God strips away all the penalty of that sin. And the penalty being death is removed and we are given life through the cross of Christ. Amen? Well, that's so good. That is amazing. You can't explain how good that is. But we don't automatically go to heaven. We're in heaven. We've started eternity, but we need to live this life on this earth. Amen? And God has given his protective order in which we can do that with victory. And so his servants, the angels, get into gear and they do his bidding in order that we can be protected for the purpose that God has for us. Now, many of you know I have a daughter who has just recovered from cancer. There is the human opportunity that she just goes to heaven, that cancer takes a life. Well, we've got some marvellous medical understanding, which is just coming into tune with God and understanding God's medical cures, and that's beautiful. And she's been given the grace of an extension of life at this point in time. Had the opportunity to visit her. I had three coffee dates. My other daughters weren't happy about that. But I stayed with them all, and we had a great week. It was a wonderful week of uniting with family. And one of the precious things was I said to Bree, you got your life. And Bree says, I know. I have to do it well. Trust the angels. Have an intention to do it well. Let God be sovereign. Would you stand for prayer? Father, we acknowledge that you alone are God. And it's wonderful to know that there was no beginning as we would know it. It was the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And somewhere around what we describe as the beginning, the angels were created to serve you, Lord God, in a ministry of encouraging us to worship you and encouraging us directly by always bringing a message of hope and truth. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the angels. We worship you and we acknowledge that the angels are here to protect and to guide. We love your work. Accept our praise.